0: Hi, I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies,
0: a podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it.
1: Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here, as always, with Michaela. Michaela Fall has finally arrived. How are you celebrating?
1: I am celebrating with some really adult uh, coffee drinks. Um, I'm celebrating with a lot of pumpkin spice liqueur. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all need to go check that out. If you've not had that, it's, it's pretty great. You can make your own with like pumpkin pie, spice, um, Mm -hmm. and like some Bailey's, you know, and just like infuse it. Yeah. 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 But I think, I think there's actually a pumpkin spice liqueur, Uh, Mm -hmm. that comes out in the fall that I think Bailey's does, or maybe it's kombucha not kombucha. You're thinking Um, Kahlua,
0: I think. Um,
1: yes, yes, yes. It's Kahlua. Yes. Um, it's amazing. And so that's good. You can put it in your coffee, probably not if you're going to work because you don't want to get fired, but, um, you can put it in your coffee. You can put it mm -hmm. in like over ice cream. I mean, I'm just putting it everywhere. (laughs) So, and drinking it nice and cool, like just a couple of ice cubes is, is basically my go-to. Because it, fall has arrived. It's now cooling off and cozy.
0: Yeah, that is a good way to go. Uh, for myself, my, uh, my fall drink of choice is uh, cider. Cider. Uh, I don't really do ciders much throughout the year, but once fall hits, I like a good uh, hard cider or, you know, warm cider is nice on a, on a cool day. Uh, we're still a ways from getting many of those here. It's still like 90 degrees outside, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, fall is about here, uh, which is good. And you know what else is good, Michaela, is that we are,
1: we are in the heart of John Hughes month. We are. We are in the heart of John Hughes month. It's the best time. We're having the best time. It is the best time.
0: And you know what makes it an even better time is that we're mixing up some cocktails to go with these movies. So I think we should probably just take a break, go mix up one of these cocktails, and we'll come back and talk about another John Hughes high school love triangle, rectangle, hexagon, uh, some kind of story we got going on here. Uh, So we're going to do that. We'll be right back to talk about this week's cocktail.
1: This week's cocktail comes from summitsips.com. And it is aptly called The Jaguar, and it's about, um, I don't know, Brian, it's, what did you think of it?
0: Uh, so, so yeah, so, so this drink is called the Jaguar and it is uh nice and smooth, just like the Jaguar in this week's film, which is an MK seven, which is a very fancy automobile. Uh, and if you're going to be driving an automobile, that's very fancy and taking your fancy girlfriend on a fancy date to a fancy restaurant, you need a fancy cocktail to go with it. Michaela. You and this one is it.
1: This, this is it. This is it. Now in the movie, they don't drink this cocktail. They drink champagne, which is weird because they're both like 17 and pretty sure even in 1987, that was not legal. I think, um, I think the legal drinking age at least was 18. So don't know how they got away with that, but Yes. I had no idea that it was actually the MK7. So I'm really impressed that mm-hmm. you knew what, what the name of that vehicle was. Well, um, the,
0: the internet knew. I don't know. I don't really know. but
1: <laughs> The internet knew. Okay. Well, there we go. Honesty. It's a good policy. So okay. um, this cocktail is, um, brings out one of our favorites lately. We got some, br- we, we have some green chartreuse in there and a mm-hmm. new uh, ingredient, um, Torani Emmer. Mm-hmm. So, Um, We're going to start with some silver tequila though. So we use one and a half ounces of silver tequila, then three quarters of an ounce of our green chartreuse that we love so much, three quarters of an ounce of this Torani amur, and then some orange bitters that we we use a dash of that. So um, Mm -hmm. you mix all that together, you stir it with ice, um, stir it. I wouldn't shake it. I don't really know why. Maybe you know why. I don't know, Um, but
0: no, I don't really know why either. That was just the way that the uh, recipe read. So, so we started it it. was written
1: guys. And so we stirred it. okay. We listened to our our directions. We follow directions um, usually anyway. And then you put it in a chilled glass and you can flame an orange peel. Brian, do you want to talk about how you did that? Cause that was amazing.
0: Yeah. So I, basically you just. Uh, if you, you know, cut off a piece of your uh, orange peel, just with like a vegetable peeler, uh, just like you normally would to flame it, you just kind of hold a flame. Aimin flame is good because it keeps the flame out away from your finger. And then you just kind of squeeze or express the uh, orange peel over that. So you just, you literally just kind of hold it next to the flame and squeeze it. And then it hits like the citric acid and it makes these cool little flames. It's very showy. It looks nice. And then you can just kind of. Give that a rub around the rim of your cocktail glass and drop it in, and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, no, it was amazing. It was very beautiful, very beautifully put together. Um, and this Torani Amer, I, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, Brian. Uh, yeah. America World, I'm sorry, but it was really hard to find.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they actually they talk about that in the on the uh, Summit Sips uh, website that this one's hard to find. Uh, so your mileage may vary on that, but uh, so what we ended up doing was we just swapped it out with another Amaro. So it's uh, Amaro Nonino, which is an easier one to find. Uh, you could probably find that or some other Amaro. Now Amaro is just a family of, you know, a, like a bitter herbal liqueur. Um, it's like a digestive um, in Italy. I think the Torani one just comes from Southern France. It's the same Torani that you see at your uh, coffee shop, but they make this uh, liquor as well. Um but yeah, I think you can kind of mix and match those. It's going to change the cocktail a little bit because they're all going to have different, you know, herbs and, uh, you know, kind of flavor notes to it. But it's going to get you in the same ballpark in this very fancy, uh, very herbal and kind of bitter uh, cocktail. So if those are up your alley, then this is a good one to try out, I think.
1: This is a good one to try. And I, I thought it was pretty good. Again, green chartreuse, it's got that kind of licorice, anise mm-hmm. uh kind of flavor to it and i was a little concerned um it's very boozy because it's got that silver tequila mm-hmm. yep. um but i i really liked it and i felt very um you feel very posh it's kind of a a green it's got a green tinge it's not quite the you know british racing green that you would think a jaguar would be but it was nice mm. and um but it's kind of it, it was kind of neat cuz it had this it was sweet Um, and Mm -hmm. the, but it wasn't too sweet. I don't know how to really explain it. The Tarani I'd never had before. So I really think that that kind of blended this tequila. You got that kind of spiky flavor in the tequila and Mm -hmm. it meshed really well with the, with the chartreuse because it wasn't super licorice. Like if you're into licorice, you're probably going to want to mess with the amounts to get it more licoricey because I'm not Mm. a huge licorice fan and I thought this was great. And it was, it's actually one that really grew on me. So I I've, I've revisited it a couple of
0: times. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And it's worth revisiting. Like you said, it has kind of that it's like that kind of sweet taste that you get from tequila, uh, you know, just the agave there, but yeah, it bounces out really well. Um, and it's like you said, it's very fancy. Um, it's a, it's a good cocktail. So definitely give this one a try. Um, and let us know what you think about it. But now that we have these made up, Michaela, we better take a break because we have some kind of wonderful to talk about.
1: We do. We have a very pissed off John Hughes, who was like,
0: "I." <laughs> Is he less? He's less now. But we're He's gonna, less we're pissed. Gonna, but we're going to talk about all that uh, as soon as we come back to talk about this week's movie. Some kind of wonderful.
1: Spoiler warning for some kind of wonderful, if you've not yet seen this film, you need to press pause and go watch it because it's amazing. Number one. And number two, if you've not seen this film, I'm not really all that surprised because unless you're a true John Hughes fan, like myself, you watched Pretty in Pink and The Breakfast Club and called it a day. Okay. If you'll recall, (laughs) John Hughes was really pissed because he did not like the ending that he had to redo for Pretty in he made this beautiful concoction of a film the next year with the same director, and he fixed everything because it is, in my opinion, so much better. Uh, yeah, uh, it. It is
0: a very similar similar tale. They came out one year apart, so this was released in 1987, and if you want to watch it, you can do that on Paramount+, Plus if you happen to have a subscription to that. And like you said, this is round number two for John Hughes, the writer, and Howard Deutsch, the director, and this one stars Eric Stoltz, Mary Stuart Masterson, and Leah Thompson.
1: Oh, and a few others that are also amazing, but yeah, we'll get into it.
0: Yeah, And some others that are also amazing. So uh, this one starts off like any good John Hughes film with some music going on. You see a uh, young lady there playing the drums very passionately. And you'll see uh, a guy who is Eric Stoltz. Uh, He's our main character here. And he's kind of at the... Uh, I guess the car like oil change gas station kind of place he's working um, and then he's, you know, walking down uh, these railroad tracks um, and it cuts to uh, our, you know, one of our other leads uh, Leah Thompson she's just there uh, making out with her uh, boyfriend and you're kind of getting this uh, pan around for uh, these kind of the three uh, four characters.
1: Exactly. Now, this film actually doesn't take place in Chicago like a lot of John Hughes films are meant to. Um, this film actually takes place outside of Los Angeles, but it was filmed in the same filming locations. So when you see Eric Stoltz walk down the, the train tracks at a coming train, he's actually walking mm-hmm. down the same tracks that you saw in the opening sequence of Pretty in Pink, believe it oh. or not.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, just, uh, revisiting these, uh, iconic, uh, John Hughes locations, I guess, but yeah, he's walking down the tracks playing chicken with this train, just kind of casually steps out in front. Uh, that's not, that's not good kid. So uh, don't do that at home. Uh, don't play around on train tracks, but that's where he's going. And he's walking over to, uh, this girl's house. Uh, her name is Amanda Jones and we see her, we see her boyfriend. He's just kind of leaving the house. Uh, and, uh, you know, Keith, Eric Stoltz's character, he gets there kind of right at the right at the tail end of this to see her boyfriend leaving. Uh, you get the feeling that uh, this is the the object of Keith's affection, this girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she doesn't live in like a really nice house, but uh, her boyfriend, whose name is Harvey, played by Craig Sheffer, he is jumping in this really nice Uh, convertible black convertible sports car. And so you get Mm -hmm. the feeling that he has money. She might not, but he certainly does. And so Keith is kind of, yeah, looking longingly at uh, this exchange and this goodbye uh, from afar
0: before yeah, he goes yeah.
1: into his own house, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's kind of watching her. He's looking down because he's just coming from work and he sees like his hands are all, you know, grease covered from working at this uh, gas station and things. Yeah. He, uh, he sees Amanda over there. Like you said, she likes this guy with the nice car. Uh, he knows that he's probably not in his same league. So that's kind of setting up this, uh, dynamic, uh, for what's going on, but yeah, he goes home. Uh, he gets there, his dad's there, uh, looking over at, you know, college, uh, applications and brochures and all that good stuff. And about every time we see his dad, that's exactly what he's doing because his dad really wants Keith to go to college. He's going to be the first kid in the family to go to college. Uh, and that'll be great. Uh, you know, get him get him ahead. But, you know, Keith's not all that interested in that he's just, uh, living life in high school and, you know, couldn't be bothered with right. all that.
1: Yeah. Well, he, he's interested in art. Like Keith is kind of one of those guys who, um, doesn't fit in with the crowd at everybody, you know, that, that everybody would think. Right. So his dad doesn't really have any sense of who his son is. And we see that pretty early on because his dad's like, you know, we're, you got to pick a business school. And he's like, I don't want to, Even his counselor, uh, his school counselor is trying to tell his dad, you know, he really is interested in more of like arts and maybe looking at art schools and his dad's not even interested to see if he's any good at art. Um, He's like, Nope, he's gonna, he's got a good head for business. I I just know it. And so, um, that's a bit of a dynamic there, um, which we learn more Mm -hmm. about in kind of the next scene. Um, you know, the family dynamic at Keith's house is actually pretty great. So both of his parents really love him. Uh, he has Mm -hmm. a a teenage sister who goes to high school with him, probably a sophomore or something. And Mm -hmm. she, she and him don't get along. They kind of are antagonistic, but, um, you see that they have a, a y- much younger daughter or much younger little sister. She's probably 10 and she's actually, uh, plays it's Cameron. Candace Cameron Beret. I think, I, I hope I said that name, right. She was yep. DJ in full house, um, mm-hmm. but she's there as well. And so you do see a scene where they're having dinner. And of course they're kind of all antagonizing each other, but they're having dinner for with them together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day at school, Keith, uh, is uh the opening scene is amazing so the song um i go crazy when i'm without you uh is playing it's blaring through the the windows of this old mini cooper as they drive uh someone is driving the car you don't know who it is yet but someone's driving the car like a maniac through the car parking lot and um and then you see this really cool scoop up um kind of from the floor up of this total amazing BA looking tomboy that we later learn is named Watts. We never mm-hmm. actually learn Watts's first name. I'm pretty sure that's her last name um, played by Mary Stuart Masterson. It's amazing. And she's yeah. driving this car like a bat at hell. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. And she, uh, so she's the same girl that's playing the drums kind of in the opening montage, but yeah, we learned that her name is Watts and her and Keith are best friends and they're on their way to school driving this awesome, uh, little mini car, uh, pretty beat up looking, but yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, and they, they get to school. There's like a bully kid. They kind of have a little confrontation with, uh, and he's going to be, uh, an important part of the story going forward. Uh, but yeah, her dad is, is there talking to the guidance counselor about, the colleges, like you'd said, you get a really funny screen because he's he's like leaving the office and he's walking down the hall and he sees the, you know, the middle daughter there in class. and He like bangs on the window and says hi to her. And she just lets out like this, like ghastly scream <laughs> about him being there, uh, which is uh, which is really pretty fun. Uh, but we're going to learn about Hardy. Right. He's the uh, antagonist in this film, Amanda Jones's boyfriend. And we're seeing him, uh, you know, putting the moves on this girl in the hallway. Uh, and Keith sees that, uh, we know right away that Hardy's not a good guy, uh, as these, you know, boyfriends, uh, on the outs tend to be in these, uh, John Hughes high school, uh, <laughs> love triangle movies.
1: Yeah, no, he, he definitely has this kind of predatory effect, um, a little bit different than our, our previous, um, bad guy, as it were. Um, this guy definitely is just kind of interested in, uh, I don't know a bunch of girls, uh, and mm-hmm. this one looks like she's like a freshman. It's 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 kind of gross, but um, there's a scene yeah. where you know Keith is watching this kind of unfold in a hallway where there were lockers. I don't know if there're lockers in high school anymore. I don't know if we need them, but um Amanda Jones kind of sees this exchange and Hardy has to kind of talk his way out of it and he has a way of really gaslighting. I guess that's the right word of of talking to someone and being like trying to compliment them but also insult them at the same time. So he is trying to explain to Amanda Jones like, "Hey, I, I'm not what you saw was not what you saw. Um, Why would I do that? How can you be so pretty and also so incredibly insecure at the same time? I mean, he's just the worst. And Amanda Jones kind of knows that this is who Hardy is, that he's not a good guy, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he manages to weasel his way out of this one and she doesn't break up with him. They don't, they kind of end the fight with him saying, I'm going to pull the car around and I'm going to pick you up. And Keith is watching this and she notices that Keith sees her and he kind of gives her, um, kind of
0: a, yeah, kind of a little uh, knowing salute, and she sees that yeah. she's kind of, kind of not really too flustered about it. But I think you know she just doesn't want eyes on the situation because yeah, her and Hardy have this kind of mutually beneficial relationship that we're going to learn a little bit more about right now. So after school, Keith said his job at the garage, and. Uh, Watts is there and they're talking. Uh, he asks her about Amanda and she says, uh, you know, she lives in our sector, which I think kind of means that, you know, that she's kind of the same, you know, relative uh, socioeconomic uh, family, mm-hmm. uh, but she runs with the rich and the beautiful because Amanda Jones is a very attractive young lady. So she has this boyfriend Hardy. Uh, he's one of the popular kids, one of the rich kids. So she, so he kind of elevates her up into that uh, status. So he gets the, the, you know, the popular pretty girlfriend, she gets to run in this uh, good social circle. And, you know, that's kind of setting up, you know, how how this relationship's, you know, working out and why she puts up with Hardy acting the way that he does. But about this time, Hardy and Amanda pull in and that uh, black convertible that we had seen earlier because, yeah, like we said, Keith works at this gas station, uh, you know, car garage kind of place. Uh, so of course, Hardy is going to uh, honk his horn and make Keith come out, and you know, put gas in his car, check his oil, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff that I guess you would do if you're a jerk. So,
1: right, yeah, no, it's not a good exchange. Um, you know, Watts is kind of incredulous incredul- that Keith is interested in Amanda Jones and asking about Amanda Jones. She's like, seriously, like, well, are you interested in her? What's going on? And Keith kind of brushes it off, but you can tell that Watts is like kind of hurt by him even asking about her um mm-hmm. but yeah there's this exchange hardy notices that keith is looking at uh, amanda jones a lot at school and this is his way of confronting him and he says hey you know keep your hands off my property and of course amanda jones is like what why would you say that but he's like shut up you know he's just he's not a nice guy um mm-hmm. and she tries to apologize to keith but keith gets it in the end because he steals the guy's dipstick um So that's going to be amazing in about three days time when there's oil all over the inside of that uh, engine. So, um, you know, they end up kind of leaving the scene at this point because, but you learn a little bit about Keith that he's not confrontational, right? We've seen a couple of instances like with the kind of this bully kid at the beginning, um, when they're walking into school, like he's not going, he's not afraid of somebody, but he's not going to antagonize a situation, um, and so, you know, he's just going to get his, in a very quiet way in the end by, you know, letting Hardy talk a bunch of crap and then steal his dipstick. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh,
0: I don't, I don't really know who won round one there, uh, kind of a, kind of a standoff. They both took their, their own victories, I guess, but, uh, next day Hardy is, uh, dr- dropping Amanda off at, a. Uh, off at school. Uh, the girls are all there playing tennis. I think it's just kind of like a like a gym class kind of thing. Uh, for some reason, Keith is just up in the uh, stands, just watching her <laughs> walk in. Uh, kind of like a creeper, uh, but that's okay. But she gets there. Uh, she's late. She gets a little confrontation from the the phys ed teacher there at class wants to know why she needed to go off campus and not stay at school with this boy. Uh, Amanda Jones says that they just needed to talk and she's like, well, you could have talked at school. So I don't believe you at all. Uh, and you're now you get detention for this week, morning, morning, detention,
1: morning detention. And so Keith gets very excited because he's like, Oh my gosh, I can probably get detention myself and figure and And then I'll get to see Amanda and talk to her. Um, But before he does anything rash to do that, he goes and talks to Watts again, and they're talking a little bit about Hardy and Amanda and that whole situation. And Watts is really, um, you know, you see a different dynamic. Watts keeps mentioning her family, kind of Keith notices that, you know, she never takes her books to school. Um, She doesn't like to eat alone. Her, you know, she doesn't seem to have parents. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, Watts is actually pretty jealous when she kind of gives him a little bit of shtick about you know, you must be getting heat from the old man about college, but you know, it's just, it's just cause I'm jealous that I make fun of that because, you know, you at least have people that care about you as Watts comes from a very tough family life. Um, you never see any of Watts' family members at all in this whole movie. So, mm-hmm. um, she lives in a room with some drums and the drums actually look really cool, but they were probably secondhand. And like a mattress that's sitting on the floor, and like a room that still has like studs painted on the walls. So it's not um, a good situation, probably for Watts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but she's not having much patience uh, talking about Keith's kind of infatuation around Amanda. And Keith, you know, says, Well, you don't understand that. You've never been in love before. And Watts is like, I've been in love before. You don't know everything about me. I mean, we're best friends, but you, there's things that you don't know. And he's like, who have you been in love with? And she's like, whatever. Um, but we, the audience, <laughs> we know what's going on. <laughs> it's
0: it's you, you dummy. And he and he is kind of a dummy, right? Because he thinks he's going to uh, get this uh, morning detention time with Amanda. But he doesn't. He sets off like the school alarm, so he'll get sent to detention. He does. He gets there the next day. But of course, she's not there. She's uh, talked her way out of it by uh, flirting with the principal, which is not something uh, that's good by any means. Okay. But it's But yeah, gross. he gets... He gets he gets to detention like that bully from earlier uh, is there. And the bully is amazing. He's played by Elias Koteas, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, and he's awesome. Uh, he's he's really good in this role because, um, he yeah, he's kind of playing he's... playing this bully guy. But uh, putting them in detention together at first, you think it's going to be bad, right? Because, you know, he kind of yeah, they had this confrontation earlier. But but they sort of, you know, come to this mutual understanding of one another, Keith and this bully kid. So
1: Yeah, totally. And so this, this guy, um, he actually isn't even given a name. His, his name is skinhead, which I didn't, uh, I had to do a little bit of research on that because I didn't know, uh, what that meant, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in like the context of today. Right. Um, so that's that he's not given a name, but he has all of his friends I guess is a is a loose term with him in detention. And so like there's a dude who's ripping apart books for fun. There's a guy who's like, I don't know, uh shaving with a knife. Um it's a very scary kind of yeah. 1980s situation, yeah, it very,
0: right? It very it very much it very much looks like a prison. Right because, right. because because also something we did in like the 70s and 80s when we had these high school movies, we had actors that were like 28 years old <laughs> playing these kids. So oh yeah. So yeah. So these are these are all very adult looking, uh, you know,
1: uh, criminally minded
0: uh potentially uh kids here in this detention. So sure,
1: sure. Uh yeah. So so meanwhile, so the relationship between this gentleman, um, uh, kind of the bully guy and Keith is kind of growing over time. They're kind of they're they're sitting in detention. Keith is there's a couple of scenes where Keith is sketching in an artist's book and of course his friend is sitting next to him like carving uh it, 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 a knife into the top of the desk to like draw a picture and so they both kind of are admiring their artwork and in the meantime watts is having her own kind of crisis of, of self uh yeah. in the the girl's locker room um so <clears throat> Brian, you, I'm going to venture a guess that you've not been in a 1987 girls locker room, but um... I, I have, I have not in
0: 1987 <laughs> or uh, 2021 or any of the years <laughs> right. in, 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 between. in between. So this was, this was all new to me. Yeah.
1: All new. Yeah. So Amanda Jones is doing her hair in the locker room. She's got her little uh, like 1980s underwear on. And it's really weird because now you look at it and you're like, that is not attractive. It's definitely not today's style. Right. So her, she's got like underwear and like this top, but she looks beautiful. She's supposed to look beautiful. She's got these, her hair is beautifully coiffed and she's like doing her hair and her leg is like up on this thing. So you get a great shot of her legs and she just looks glamorous and everything beautiful. Right. And then you watch who's watching her and it's actually Watts right. Played Mm -hmm. by the amazing, amazing Mary Stuart Masterson. Um, and Mary Stuart Masterson is kind of standing there as Watts and she's in a t-shirt and boys uh, boxer shorts, and this was before that was cool. So like there's a there was a time in the 90s where girls wearing boys' underpants, quote unquote, were that was a cool thing to do. Like this is not when it's cool. So it's mm-hmm. important to know that. So she gets a little bit of bullying from another w- girl in the locker room who's making fun of her underwear. But you can tell this is where Watts kind of looks also longingly at Amanda, not because she's attracted to her perhaps, but because she's feeling very inadequate. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can see she's kind of touching her waist and she's um, kind of feeling her own body and not in a sexual way, but just really kind of in a woeful, like, I'm never going to look that great. And having been a girl growing up in high school, that that happens a lot and it's really sad, but it's beautifully uh, kind of reproduced here in the scene because you can tell she's Feeling very insecure, but then she mm-hmm. goes right back into standing up for herself when other people make fun of her, um, which was actually kind of cool because she does threaten the chick to stick a drumstick up her nose if she's going to continue to bother <laughs> her about her underwear, which is great.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, she does stand up for herself, but it, it does do a good job of, you know, kind of showing the... Yeah, kind of like you said, her feelings of like inadequacy, right? So, this guy that she likes likes this other girl, and she's, you know, feeling very self conscious about that, you know, seeing her there in the locker room. But, you know, as these, uh, high school relationships go, uh, Amanda is finally fed up with Hardy. Now they're coming out of something. I'm not hundred percent sure what it was. It's like a mall maybe or yeah, something kind of yeah. thing they're out there outside of, but, but yeah, so Hardy's there, he's hitting, hitting on another girl. Uh, Amanda sees it, you know, goes and confronts him and she finally breaks up with him. Uh, you know, which he kind of thinks is a joke. He doesn't think that she's really being serious, but, uh, she does. And, you know, Keith is there, of course, every, every time Amanda's around, Keith is, uh, standing watching her somewhere um, kind of across the street. So uh, he comes over to her or she walks across the street kind of by him and he asks her out uh, to which she says yes, uh, but not really because she wants to say yes. She just wants to tell Hardy that she said yes. So uh, that's kind of setting up, I guess, the the new relationship mission accomplished for Keith kind of sort of not really maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Amanda has a friend named Shane, um, which is uh, really beautifully played. She you know, Shane is quick to point out because Shane is there for this exchange and she tells Hardy, you know, she's just mad. She doesn't really mean it, you know, because Hardy's mm-hmm. like, what? You're going to go out with them? What the heck? And yeah. so, uh, but Watts is also there because anytime Keith is somewhere, Watts is also kind of lurking. They're kind of both creepers in their own <laughs> weird way. Um, yeah, fair. Don't yeah. do that. Okay. <laughs> just don't, don't creep on people. Okay. This is a movie. Um, but Watts is there. She's looking sad because she's seeing that this is going to unfold and, um, And Amanda has told Keith that she'll go out with him. It's immediately all over the school. It's all over the little town that they're in the -hmm. next morning at breakfast, Keith is like in a great mood. He's smiling. He's calling his parents by their first name. That's weird. Um, but his (laughs) sister, his older, uh, well, the older one of his sisters, the one that's Mm -hmm. in high school with him, she is like, Oh my gosh, is it true? And so the two younger sisters are kind of commiserating about how Keith has asked Amanda Jones out and she said yes. And she was dating Hardy and he's this total buck and Keith is like this total nerd and how is this going to work? <laughs> right. And it's a great exchange. Right. Um, And so, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's yeah. a, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little yeah. adult because, of course, they're like, hey, you know, of course, the, the dad's going on about colleges. He's like, you'll think about girls, but you won't think about college. And they're like, come on, this is more important <laughs> than college, dad. Yeah, Amanda Jones yeah. is a conquest that only a few people are going to be able to say that they've had an experience with. Anybody can get into college. And it's it's kind of funny. It's, yeah,
0: it's great. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. His sister is really funny. Uh, the younger sister is really funny, too, because uh, she makes like these very like mature like (laughs) comments like like way above her age um it's but it's really fun and yeah this is news has spread all around because he gets to school uh you know people are congratulating me gets to detention the bully kid is there and he's like hey i heard uh heard you're uh dating amanda jones good job you give him like a like a handshake um it yeah it's it's pretty fun Uh, but not everyone is uh you know having fun like you said because uh, Watts not having fun, uh, you know, yeah. Keith, Keith, her love interest now is dating this girl that she doesn't think she can compete with. Uh, so what's her best plan of action? She needs to try to make Keith jealous. Maybe that'll help him see the light. So she's hanging Will. out with this other kid. His name's Ray.
1: His name is Ray and Ray is kind of a strange uh, guy, um, but he's yeah. incredibly attracted to Watts and it's not in a, it's not good. Um, <laughs> he's like, just standing really close to her and he's talking to her and they are, um, he he's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a caveman of 1987 um, Mm -hmm. because he's like asking her all these questions. And she's like, Ray, this is 1987. Do you know that a girl can be anything she wants to be? And then Ray's like, yeah, my mom's a plumber. (laughs) (laughs) So Keith has decided that he wants to give Amanda Jones a ride Yep. Like home home from school since they live in the same sector. Right. But Keith doesn't have a car, so he needs to borrow Watts's car. So he's got this idea that she will just let him drive her vehicle and that mm-hmm. would be fine. And normally I think that would be fine, but Watts is not happy with Keith because Keith is obsessed with Amanda Jones and she is obsessed with Keith. So when Keith comes to like ask her, she lets Ray, um, who's been like macking on her for a little bit, uh, like Mac on her more but like in a physical way so like (laughs) ray is playing with her hair and like i don't know kind of on her shoulder and Mm -hmm. keith is kind of put like not put off by it but he's like what's this this is weird and she's like oh keith what's up what's going on Mm -hmm. and keith says hey can i borrow your car and she's like sure fine yeah no it's no big deal well keith tries to um start the car And, um, it won't start because it's out of gas. So this plan kind of falls apart, which is a problem because Amanda Jones apparently really need to get needed to get home. She Mm -hmm. was going to go home with her best friend, Shane. Um, Shane is one of the rich and beautiful people. She keeps talking Every scene Shane is in, she's talking about going to Chile or Macau or Bermuda or Aspen. Like she's a world traveler. Her parents own half of the city of Los Angeles, I guess. And she drives this really cute little Suzuki convertible. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: she was going to go home with Shane. Well, she decides not to go home with Shane. Although Shane and her are kind of in this argument around the whole date, Keith date situation because Shane's like, you can't be serious about letting, about going out with Keith. You don't like him. And she's like, well, I didn't, I don't like him, but like, I don't want to use him that way. And Shane's like, well, you're going to have a brand new boyfriend then. And that's weird. Cause you don't even like this guy. And, um, but that kind of gets interrupted because Keith now wants to take Amanda Jones home. Anyway, mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Car doesn't start uh Keith ends up leaving the keys in the car without even telling Watts like what's going on with the car. Not a nice friend move. That, that's <laughs> no, that's a D move. A, people don't do that. Okay.
0: Not a good, um, not a good friend move, but to her credit, Shane does have kind of a good friend move because she drives by and sees that they're stuck there. So she offers them a ride, right? So uh they yeah. get in Keith Keith's in the back, Amanda's up front, and uh, Shane, yeah, like you said, she's you know, kind of you know, giving her an elbow in the ribs saying like now's your chance uh why don't you go ahead and tell him that this was basically just a joke and you don't really want to date you know it's better to do this now nip it in the bud let's do it and you know she's trying to prompt uh, amanda jones to do this but amanda never does um so but you know they get dropped off um and then it, it kind of cuts over and you know watts is in her car car won't start so ray yeah you know, the uh the uh, guy that was you know just there you know trying to um help make uh, Keith jealous. There is like pushing the car, uh, which is, which is uh, pretty funny.
1: Yeah. And it's played. uh, So this, this guy who plays Ray is, I think his name is Scott Coffery. Um, He is amazing. He was in shag. He was in uh, a bunch of other eighties films. He was in satisfaction, which is one of the first films with Julia Roberts in it. Um, Justine Bateman is in it as well. Um, He is like this really sweet character actor i love him so much and so he plays ray really beautifully and he's like (laughs) you better give me your phone number after this as he's like pushing (laughs) this mini cooper now granted it's a mini cooper it's tiny it's a tiny vehicle but it's going uphill and it's (laughs) hot outside and so she's like yeah don't count on it buddy like it's crazy um
0: yeah exactly so so all, all of these uh, relationships imagined or not are are not off to the best start uh but you know Keith is still really into Amanda even though she doesn't seem to be that into him so uh, we kind of go I guess I guess it's the next day at school or after school or something and Keith's in like the art room at school uh working on this painting uh which we don't get to see uh because kind of you know it's we're seeing like the back of the painting he's working mm-hmm. on it and while he's doing that Hardy comes in and confronts him uh to to kind of offer a a quote unquote peace treaty, uh, which really isn't a real thing because he wants Keith to get out of the way so he can start dating Amanda again. But kind of the the crux of this is he invites him to a party and you know that it's a setup. Keith knows it's a setup kind of sort of. Um, it, but yeah, you don't you don't you don't feel good about this party. He you know, nothing good is going to come of him yeah. uh, being invited to this guy's party.
1: And Hardy does the same thing that he does every time. He's like, "Do you have an inferiority complex or something?" I'm like, "Chill, it's fine. Are you nervous? Are you okay?" And Keith is like, "I'm really fine." Like, "What do you want?" <laughs> like, um, and so, you know, Hardy tries to play it off and say, "I'm totally cool with the situation. I've been looking to get out of this for a while and you saved me a tough talk and, you know, you should come over to this party. You should bring Amanda after your date on Saturday night." And Keith's like, "Yeah, um, okay. Well, I I don't trust you. I don't believe anything that you're saying, but I'll talk to Amanda and we'll see about that. And then of course, Hardy kind of tries to smile and say, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing if we became friends. And Keith's like, yes, it would. It would be the weirdest thing ever. And so. uh,
0: Yes, it absolutely would for sure. Um, It would also be weird if uh, Watts and Amanda became friends because uh, you know, in the next scene, Watts is there at the music club, uh, which is a pretty cool place. It uh, is very, very similar in appearance to the music club that we saw in Pretty and Pink.
1: It's the same music club, just yeah.
0: Throw that a, one out there. Just a just a different name. So so if it looks familiar, that's why. Um, so yeah, she goes in. Uh, band's playing, and Keith is there uh, waiting. She sees him sitting there alone, and she goes up to talk to him. And we uh, turns out that Keith is waiting for Amanda. Amanda is supposed to have been there, um, but. Uh, by all appearances, has stood her up, and Watts takes great exception to the fact that he would just sit there by himself waiting for Amanda, this girl that doesn't even like him, to you know stand him up on this date. And uh, she is going to give it to him, and it's pretty great and good for you, Watts. So yeah, this is something she's... that this is something that Ducky should have done, and in Pretty in Pink, but didn't. So
1: right. So in this case, in this moment, it's definitely a better film because she kind of comes out and she's like, look you know, you're driving me crazy. I'm driving you crazy. Like, I don't think we need to spend this much time together. And at first you're watching it and you're like, is it because she just can't watch this anymore? Like she's, cause he's, she's like, you're totally deluding yourself. You're being a fool. I'm not going to sit here and watch it. Um, and then she kind of really gives it to him where she's like, the only thing I care about is my drums and me and you. And I, I can't, I can you're this is hard this is too hard for me to watch mm. and keith is like really really blind and and kind of dumb about it and he's like i just don't understand what's going on and so she ends up giving it to him you know laying it all out and then kind of walking up into the middle of the crowd of dancers um and it's uh i think it's china phillips who's singing this uh, the song on the on the stage and she's got this mm-hmm. big 80s hair and it's very very 1987 it's very cool um yep. but keith is you can tell he's kind of sucker punched right um or you know he feels bad about what's going on he doesn't really understand why she's mad at him um and why she's you know kind of leaving him to kind of handle this on his own he's like it's this is you know but she keeps saying this is just a joke it's not real like I, I don't understand. Why would you think that Amanda would even be here? This is not her thing. Is there a new world order? Like She has these <laughs> right. really, she has these really great lines. I love it so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it, it kind of ends with her. Uh, she's like, do you, or would you miss hanging out with me at all? Like she's just so fed up with it at this point. Um, but we, we kind of find out why Amanda is not really that into Keith uh, cause kind of into the next day, um, in gym, Amanda keeps having these, uh, problems in gym because Hardy just busts into the girl's locker room and they're having a conversation and he basically lays it out. Um, and it's kind of the, kind of the similar thing He's like, if you don't date me and you want to date Keith, then you can say goodbye to being popular and hanging out with the cool kids. So you're going to have to decide, right? Do you want to, do you want to be popular, uh, and cool, or do you want to, uh, you know, keep up this uh, charade with dating Keith and not me. Uh, and, you know, the, uh, the phys ed teacher comes in and she's like, who are you? And he's like, he's like, I don't need to tell you who I am. And then she, she presses. He's like, he's like, I'm Hardy, whatever. Now get out of here leave me alone. Cause I'm talking to Amanda. And, uh, the gym teacher is pretty great. So.
1: Yeah. She throws his butt right on out of there. Um, and then she's like, Amanda, can we have a little talk please? Because she's probably going to be like, what the heck are you doing with that jerk person yeah anyways um but yeah amanda's kind of done with hardy like uh, she, you know the the further away um in toxic relationships and i, de- I def- i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a therapist but i definitely believe that this was a toxic relationship for her um yeah. the further she gets away from it the more she sees that he is just the worst and he's not good he's not a good person he's not good for her and all of these things that she kind of felt, um, would get her by like, yeah, he's not nice, but I have really nice friends and, um, they let me borrow really beautiful, expensive jewelry. Like Shane, let her borrow these beautiful earrings, these diamond Mm -hmm. earrings. Um, you know, she's started, you see, she's starting to wrestle with that and like, it's not worth it. And so she actually throws a ring that he gave her after he cheated on her with someone else. She throws a ring at him and is like, get out of, get out of the locker room. Yep. And, yeah. uh, but you know, he's right. Um, as gross as it is, like she leaves the locker room to go talk to her friends, Shane and Shane completely ignores her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They just, they just act like she's not even there. Like they don't even acknowledge that she's trying to talk to them or anything, uh, you know, kind of on the school grounds here. Um, and we get, a. Uh, you know, a good shot of Key's sister. He, she's over there talking with her own friends. Um, you know, she's saying, oh, my my brother's dating Amanda Jones. Uh, now Now my family's in with the popular kids. They're like all like all of the girls, like, right? Like the freshman or sophomore age girls are looking over at like Hardy and his friends. And, and they're like, you can't go over and sit with them or else you would be. And she's like, no, I just, I want to hang out with my friends because you're my friends. Um, but eventually, you know, eventually she gets up the courage and she goes over and kind of sits at the table like, behind Hardy, um, you know, to to try to look cool and fit in, um, but the important bit here is that she overhears Hardy talking to his pals about how he'd invited Keith and Amanda to this party. And it's basically a setup for Keith to go and get beat down. And, you know, that's going to be the end of that story. Um, And to his sister's credit, she runs straight home and tells him because even though they have been fighting and bickering this whole time, she's still a sister and doesn't want to see her uh, brother get beaten up by this guy. So.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's an awesome scene because the whole time, like she's goes into his room without permission. He ends up like throwing her out of his room. She's like, Oh, you beat me up. Like they're totally antagonistic. But when push comes to shove, man, she's still his sister. And, um, it really like his family unit's pretty great, um, in that way. So of course he goes, she goes home, she knocks on the door, uh, which she never does. (laughs) And, um, she says, you know, Hey, I overheard this. It's totally true. Um, but one, one piece of, of, of kind of evidence that she presents or that Keith kind of gleans from this is that Amanda knows about this, that Amanda's Mm. in on this gig that, you know, Hardy, they're going to go to Hardy's party and then Keith is going to get beaten up. Um, and Amanda does not know Amanda, she, she, I mean, if any, any indication she's. Telling Hardy like leave me alone I don't want to talk to you so she does not she I don't think she's even aware that she's been invited to this party um so she's kind of innocent in in this piece of it but Keith has to make some decisions right and he's mm-hmm. feeling very lonely and he's very sad and so who does he go to but his best friend Watts because mm-hmm. that's who's been there his whole life um So he goes to see Watts and we see that's the first and only time we really see Watts's house. Um, and so, yeah, her room is not great. She's in kind of this, um, very, I don't, it's not even a, I don't even know how to explain it without it sounding. It's not even a trailer. It's like a, it's a room in a house that's like sitting on cinder blocks and you see her, she's playing drums. Um, and she's got a stereo that she's kind of playing with because she's practicing and, um, and she's really good. And it's worth noting, Mary Stuart Masterson actually playing the drums. She, uh, she filled uh fulfilled one of her dreams of learning to play from like oh. an amazing drummer whose name I do not know because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at this job. So uh, but she did it and she's really playing. So he comes to visit her and um, she's totally sweaty. Like their house doesn't have air conditioning clearly. And so she's like, what, you know, she's t- kind of toweling herself off after practicing her drums. And she's like, what, what are you, what are you doing here? And he tells her, you know, uh, the, the, the sitch right. And says, Hey, mm-hmm. you were right. It is all a joke. Um, they're going to pound me if I go and do this. And, but I still think I'm going to do it. And of course Watts is like, <laughs> why, why, yeah. why, like, and he's like, I'm not afraid of Hardy. And, um, I just, I, I want to stand up to him and they kind of end up laying together on her bed and, um, not like cuddling, but like just laying down. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd do without you. And I'm really sorry. I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry that I haven't been hanging out with you. Um, and he's the, and then he says, it's the best line of the movie. In my opinion, he says, you only hurt the ones you love. And she said, Well, when are you gonna beat the shit out of Amanda Jones? <laughs> so <laughs> because she knows he's he's really still pining after this girl. Um yeah. but yeah, she's exact- exactly heartbroken about it.
0: Yeah, they kind of they kind of hatched this plan, right? So um if he is going to really pursue Amanda Jones, if that's really what he needs to do, then he needs to elevate himself because what she really wants is to be fancy and he can't provide her that. So you'll get kind of you know, after they're in at Watts's house uh, you'll kind of see them walking um he's talking about you know he needs to needs to do something extravagant and flashy he pulls like this big wad of cash out of his house and uh she's like uh isn't your dad going to be pretty mad about this and his dad is going to be pretty mad about this so uh he goes he goes home his dad's there you know still still going over college brochures and things you know wants to talk to him about college uh you, you know keith's not there to to talk about this still again so uh he's just kind of in and out and then uh, he's off to spend all of this money, this big wad of cash, uh, that we find out is his college savings, yeah. uh, on, on a, uh, on a gift for Amanda Jones, this girl that doesn't really like him and he doesn't really <laughs> like, uh, but they're there. She needs some, uh, diamond earrings. So Watts helps him pick some out to give her. And, and yeah, uh, I guess the, the plan is in motion.
1: Right. So, It's it's a tough scene um, because Keith has taken, he's gone to the bank, he's taken out all this money and you get the feeling this is going to be a really big deal. But then his father has a scene with him where he's like, hey, um, you know, your Bank of America stocks that we have invested in like matured another quarter percent. So you get Mm -hmm. your first. And so he's like, what does that mean? And he says, you have your first year's money, Keith. And that's when it really hit home to me. You know, college in 1987 was probably uh, the first like a a year's tuition was between six and seven thousand dollars for like a public university. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money, but they had been saving so long and they only had his first year's money. So Mm -hmm. this family really has scrimped and saved. And it's a big dream. It's not like. Um, it, it was going to be a very hard thing for them to send him to college anyway. They probably wouldn't be able to do it, but mm-hmm. they're really shooting for the stars um, hoping that this will work. And his dad's so excited about it. And, you know, it, Keith is like, can't bring himself to tell him that I, Hey, I took all that money out. And, um and yeah, so he goes and he, he he's patching this whole plan. So it's not just this gift, right? He mm-hmm. does go to this jewelry store and he picks out, a Watts helps him pick out these really beautiful diamond earrings, which are really expensive. But also he's like, I want to, I want to take her somewhere. I want to do something. And so you see this kind of montage of him talking to his friend, kind of the bully kid and his friends, you know, the bully kid has all of his kind of gang friends. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's the right way to say it, but there's a group of people. Okay. There's a group of people that were all in detention (laughs) together and they all have their own connections in Los Angeles, I guess. And so, you know, the money is like to bribe people to like, let, let them go and sit in a nice restaurant and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, but you, you gotta wonder like how much, how much money he, he, he ended up kind of blowing on this whole deal, but
0: on the whole thing, but yeah, you get, um, and kind of before You know, this date starts right. So the plans kind of all laid in motion, but there's one kind of final piece that Hardy brings up there uh, sitting at the car garage there. And she says, you know, if this if or Watts, yeah, sorry. Um, She says, if this uh, date goes the way that you think it's going to go, uh, it's probably going to end with a kiss. And uh, she's been kissing Hardy uh, and you've not been kissing anyone. So uh, she's going to be expecting a good kiss and you probably can't give it to her. uh, Do you think? And it kind of is this little back and forth, but uh, it ends up with uh, Keith and uh, Watts having a a practice kiss and uh, it it looks like a good kiss by, by all accounts. So.
1: Yeah, it's, so, again, this film doesn't have a lot of, um, it, it, I think it's PG-13 because of the adult content, okay, and there's some language. There's some language, yeah. There's, there's not a lot of sex and violence, right? There's not a lot of that in it. This kiss um, is, in my opinion, really hot. I think it's beautiful, um, the way that they film it, because it's not, um, I don't know how to explain it. like It's, it's not chaste, but it's not, um, I don't know, it's not super adult. I don't know how mm-hmm. to say this correctly, but- like you can tell they like they kind of they kind of start to kiss and then the song she loves me um is playing over. And it's like that you hear this kind of glass breaking and you feel like the walls between them are breaking down. And then all of a sudden, like he's getting really into it and she's getting really into it. And she ends up pushing him away and is like, yep, we're good. Okay. uh, I got to go. I got to (laughs) leave.
0: Got (laughs) Um, to go. Yeah. Yeah, And then he
1: kind of makes fun of her. He's like, wait a minute, are you blushing? And she's like, no, I'm not. Um, That's not funny. And he's like, oh no, I mean, it was, you're pretty. No, I, I, I liked it. It was okay. <laughs> and she's like, I'm out. Goodbye. See you tonight. It's fine. <laughs> sure.
0: That's right. That's right. So uh, I guess kiss accomplished. Yeah, it is, it is very, very passionate kiss. But yeah, she breaks off um, and heads out and it's time to get ready for the party. So you get like a little good 1980s, little montage of everyone getting ready, doing their hair, hair dryers, uh, you know, in the showers, all this, all this stuff. But as He's kind of finally getting the uh, final touches, put on his outfit, getting ready to go. His dad comes into his room um, and he's like, "Uh, hey, just uh, heard from the bank or just checked on the bank and all of your college money is gone. What happened to all of that college money? That seems bad.
1: I and again, kudos to this father. Right. Because the first thing he says is, are you in trouble? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, he's really angry, but he says, are you in trouble? I want to know what's wrong. And Keith's like, "Uh, nothing's wrong. And he's like, well, where where, where, did you go to the bank? What did you do with the money? And did you buy a car? And then that's when you start realizing how much money that this kid has taken out. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to let you do this. You're going to pay it back. Every last cent of it's going back. And Keith stands up to his dad and says, nope, nope, I'm not going to go to this business school college. It's what you wanted. It's not what I wanted. I never wanted it. I didn't have the guts to tell you. And there's this great kind of moment where Keith is like, "Look, I'm, you know, uh I'm I'm 18, then I'm 19, then I'm 20. My life needs to belong to me. Um I know that you really want that for me, but you've got to trust me." And so then of course it kind of goes down this rabbit hole of, you know, you like this girl and that's this is not the way. I mean, the dad's really <laughs> really trying to mm-hmm. understand, but he's like, "This is not the way to get a girl to like you. You're going to impress her with money." And but Keith makes this statement that it's more than that. He needs to feel like he's just as worthy uh, of these other people that fit in and have money and you know even if it's only for a day he needs to let them know that he can't he can't be broken down that way that he's not Mm -hmm. um, he's not going to be bullied anymore and he says well i i don't know any other parent that would let their kid do this Um, but it, it ends up being really good because the father's like well dude." I'm still going to ride your butt about college. Like you're, you're going to go to college. I'm never going to give up on that. And he's like, fine. And so you get the feeling that they've now, you know, kind of made amends. Um, and yep. then of course his <laughs> sister's like totally listening in and <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. So the- yeah. Yeah. She's listening on the other side of the door. So when her dad opens it, she kind of like falls into the room and she's like, she's like, did he, did he like lay down on you? He's like, she's like, oh man, like she really wanted to, uh, to uh, get his, get his comeuppance. But yeah, they kind of, they come to a mutual Disagreement, I guess, over over this money, I guess, but uh, it doesn't escalate much, much past that. Uh, Dad maybe should have uh, pushed back a little bit harder, I think, but but it is what it is. And now it is time for the date to begin. So uh, he goes down. Watts is there to pick him up. Uh, there in the very fancy Jaguar we mentioned in the uh, uh, drink section, uh, where the drink got its name from. This Jaguar MK7. It's the owner of the car garage and. Uh, gas station place. Uh, they kind of made mention of it and we see it in the back. It's all covered up through the film. So this is when we finally get to see it. It's a very lovely looking automobile. Watts is in like a little like tuxedo kind of a thing because she's playing chauffeur for this very fancy date. So they get in the car and they go over to pick up Amanda. Um, she gets in. Watts immediately is given her daggers in the rearview mirror, like immediately upon getting into the car. And they're off to their first stop. It is a very fancy dinner reservation.
1: It is. It is a very fancy place. Um, so one of the things that his, you know, his newfound crew of people who look scary, but are actually quite nice. Um, and one of the things that they did was they bribed uh, the maitre d' of the restaurant to sit him in a nice, at, at a nice table and they're drinking champagne and they're drinking or they're eating beluga caviar, which if any, nobody knows that it's, it's really good caviar. It's supposed to be really good. Um, I don't even know if you, they make it anymore, but it's very
0: expensive.
1: It's very, it's very, very expensive. It's like $500 an ounce. And that was like in 1987. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's basically gold that they're eating, um, or little tiny diamonds. <laughs> so, um, so It's, it's interesting um, because Amanda Jones, you know, she's like, what is this? Is it alive? Like, she's never seen this before. Mm -hmm. And he's being a little bit of a jerk about it. He's like, I thought you were an uptown girl. I thought you liked this. And she's, she's like, I, I don't need any of this. And so they have kind of this weird argument. Um, And so she almost, she almost walks out. She's like, I, I don't need any of this. And he's like, fine, let's just, let's move on pretend I'm dead. And then she kind of laughs. Um, but it's weird because he, he's still treating her as if she is in on this big joke mm-hmm. and she's yep. not. And so it's this weird dynamic because they never really talk about it, um, until kind of the end of the date. But mm-hmm. she, she's like, why are you, why, we don't need to be doing all this. And he's like, oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And you know why? And she's like, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah and watts is well, well you get kind of a funny scene because she's out back like playing like like uh dice with the other like drivers of these fancy cars at the at the place like the yep. the uh, uh the valet guys mm-hmm. and stuff like that i want in some money but then when she gets back to the car she's looking through the window and she kind of sees them in there like inside of this restaurant having this fancy dinner um yeah it, appearing to be having a good time. So she just continues to get more and more agitated, which raises the question as to why she would have agreed to have done this. Um, you know, she just, she just wants to witness the, the death of her, of her potential love with
1: Keith. Cause she loves her friend, Brian. She loves her friend and she wanted to be there for him. And she loves punishing herself. That's yep. why it's 1987. She's uber dramatic in this way. It's, <laughs> it's, and John Hughes wanted it. That's why it and happened.
0: John and and maybe she wanted <laughs> to drive the Jaguar because that's fair because that's a, yeah, a fancy that automobile. Cool. So, but yeah. So they come out of the restaurant. They're on to the next stop. They're into an art museum, and you'll see the the bully kid there he opens the door and you know introduces him to like the uh, night guard who's uh, his
1: dad it's so funny <laughs> it's like yeah. this guy looks like a total scary creature like this is a person this is back when neck tattoos weren't a thing but i totally expect like if it was re if it was this was ever redone don't ever remake this movie but if it was ever redone you'd have like a dude with like a teardrop and a neck tattoo right mm-hmm. and his yep. dad he's talking to his daddy and his dad's like man if you get me in trouble in this and i get i get fired because you let these kids come in here and he's like pop it's fine we're just it'd be cool it's fine it's fine we're just gonna they're they're art kids man they're just gonna look at art and so of course amanda jones is like i'm not an art kid why are we here (laughs) what is this
0: yeah that's right and and you finally do get a little bit of a conversation between the two of them because keith says that he is an art kid he loves going to the art museum because he loves art um, and going there and being there. And he feels like that's a place where he belongs. So they're kind of walking through this art museum. And they finally get to kind of this last exhibit. And we get to see the painting that he was working on earlier in the film. And it's a painting of Amanda Jones. So she's a little taken aback by that. Uh, so that's that's a pretty good move, I guess, on Keith's part there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool scene.
0: So every, every so.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, I always thought every girl wanted a painting of them. Maybe that's not true. Uh, uh, because every I, girl is not the same but I was like man he must really love her yeah. he spent yeah. hours painting her face <laughs> oh. on a <laughs> canvas
0: on, on a canvas nobody wants a painting of them by me because i would be terrible at that and that would immediately end the date for sure but uh, if you're a good painter definitely definitely do that that's a pro move um and then the kind of last of the moves here on this date uh before they go to the party is they've uh commandeered this big kind of amphitheater uh, mm-hmm. sort of thing there's nothing going on there so it's just the just the two of them and then you know watts of course you know, kind of looking on from from up top on this uh amphitheater it's kind of Cut into the uh, earth there, but uh, they're having this little conversation about uh, about their that quote unquote relationship or not real relationship, and they're kind of coming to an understanding about you know where each of them stand, and uh, it ends with him giving her those very fancy diamond earrings, uh, which leads to a kiss, which I guess is is good if you're going to spend all that money on something. So, <laughs>
1: uh, Brian is not a fan of this part, but. This it is a really interesting dynamic here because at first she's like, you know, I I don't like being alone. I don't, I don't deal well with being alone. So I know Hardy's not good and I knew he wasn't good for a real long time, but I'd rather mm-hmm. be with someone for the wrong reasons than alone for the right ones. And he's like, Well, that's silly. I'd rather be right. Um, and so you know, they kind of talk a little bit, and that's when he really kind of confronts her around um, being used, you know, he Mm -hmm. says, you, you used me to get back at Hardy. And, you know, there's this big thing happening tonight. And she's like, uh, okay. I didn't know about that. Um, but you use me too. Like we're using each other. Let's not kid ourselves. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, you just painted my face. Like, you don't (laughs) even know who I am. Like, we don't know each other at all. At, you're, you, you're using tonight to get back at all these bullies and all these rich guys that, mm-hmm. you know, have all these things that you don't. So you can paint this any color you want, but at the end of the day, you're using me too. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Like, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> so their relationship really is not any different than her relationship with Hardy was um, Hardy just happened to be rich. And Keith just happened to not be rich, but yeah, it was it was still kind of this yeah using each other kind of mutually beneficial uh, sort of thing. They're each getting something out of it that wasn't necessarily the relationship. That wasn't the part that was important to either of yeah, these things. So right,
1: and I think their intentions. I mean, well, I can only speak for Keith because Amanda definitely I think came a little late to the game with some um, conscience behind it, but Keith I think got very confused within himself of what he wanted because he thought he was like totally into Amanda Jones. And what he was into was the idea of Amanda Jones, which is very different. And when you're a teenager, you know this is one of the reasons why I love this film so much is when you're a teenager you make those mistakes a lot where mm-hmm. you you are friends or you pick a career or you you know you meet a boy and it's the idea of all of these things that really mm-hmm. excite you when you when you start getting into the realness of relationshiping and you know really being present as a human um, and it's hard to do when you're 17 you you you, you, you real you realize, that there's a lot more to it than what you think. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, but, but they, they come to an understanding. She's like, Hey, can we call it even? And, and then they share this kiss and it's nice. Um, Watts of course is devastated because she can see them kissing and she's like, she's thinking this date's going like super awesome. (laughs) And you know, he's just giving her these earrings and she's like, great. Okay. So then she's real worried about the next step because her, um, Keith is still very, very sure that he wants to go to this party with Hardy and mm-hmm. show show up and let, let things unfold. And Amanda Jones is like, I don't know why we don't need to do this. And, uh, of course Watts is like, I, I can beat you up. You won't last two seconds in that room <laughs> with these guys. Like, what are right. we doing? But they do this really awful parking job in the front of this house. That's Mm -hmm. Hardy's house, by the way, this house literally on the same street or right around the corner from Steph's house in pretty in pink because we're using oh. the same scenes. Yep. We're using the same locations. They so. were
0: Because they were neighbors and they were both jerks. So that makes yes. sense.
1: Went to different yeah. high schools somehow, but yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, that's, 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 uh, that's not important, but yeah. So they get to this, they get to this party, they go inside and it's very clear almost immediately uh, what the plan was for this party. And like, they walk in and Hardy's like, Hey, you're here. Great. Go beat him up. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Keith, to his credit, he's like, he's like, if you want to beat me up, he's like, we can go outside and you can beat me up out there. Why are you sending, you know, your uh, lackeys to beat me up? If you want to beat me up, then let's go. You can, you can do it yourself. Um, and Hardy's like, I, I don't even want to bother with beating you up because that's like beneath him, I guess, or something. Um, he's telling, he's saying a bunch of terrible things to Amanda and that she should come back to him and, you know, she's not that great anyways. And, you know, no big deal. Uh, but, probably the the best scene in the whole movie is all of his friends from detention show up at the party and they're like, Hey, is there a fight? Let's go. (laughs) Let's, (laughs) let's do it.
1: Yeah. Elias Codius or I don't know how you say his name, um, but this amazing guy, the bully kid Mm -hmm. walks in with all of his friends and is like, yeah, I don't think you're actually going to beat up my friend. Um, I I don't think that's going to happen at all. And of course, Hardy, you know, he has never seen, well, I don't know if he's seen these people before, but he's in this really nice house. His parents are gone. They're like in Europe or something. And so they're like, we're going to, we're going to mess up this whole house. Like we're going to, it's going to be, this is going to, we're going to turn this party into a historical fact is what they say. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that Keith's like, no, 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 let's not, let's not beat anybody up. It's, you know, we can't do anything to Hardy that he's not already done to himself. Like, So Hardy kind of gets his comeuppance. Um, He gets embarrassed in front of all his friends. And then he, you know, and of course, because he's a slime ball, he backs down and he's like, it was a joke. This was a joke. It's over. Like, there's no need for you guys to beat me up or ruin my house, you know? And um, that's fine for everybody else, except for Amanda Jones, because he's been horrible to her. Um, He says some really awful things uh, about her and her body and her innocence. And it's just gross. So she slaps him twice and you know yeah. what I'm here for it I'm here all day for that uh, violence hear, is never the answer but you feel real good when she does it I will yeah.
0: say uh, you kind of wish she gave him a third slap but yeah that's how that's how the uh, the party ends so you know Keith didn't get beat up and uh, Amanda you know gets gets her uh, revenge on uh, Hardy there so that's all good and so they leave and they have kind of one last little conversation about how uh yeah, this this was fun. This this relationship was was good. We both kind of got what we wanted out of it, but uh, probably best that we don't really carry on with this thing, right? We yeah. both came at it. We both came at it from the wrong direction. Um, it's it's probably not going to work out. It's probably in our best interest to at least take some some time to figure out who we are and what we really want before we right. we go do that. Um, yeah. But but uh, but Keith sees what he really wants because uh, she's decided yeah. to just walk home and leave this very fancy car uh, behind. Um, and and he uh, and, and Keith, Keith sees what he wants. So he's going to finally make a good decision, I guess, and go after it. So.
1: Right. Yeah. They're coming out of the party. They're holding hands. And he sees Watts kind of stand in there because she had said, you know, hey, I'm going to I'll be right here if you need me. And mm-hmm. um, and of course she was. And then he realizes um, there's like a flashback of all these scenes where she's been there the whole time and he's not, and he kind of stops holding Amanda Jones's hand. Amanda Jones is seeing what's happening. She's like, oh, okay. And then um, as she and him kind of say goodnight at the end of the night, she's like, you know, I I'm, I'm going to be right. Um, I know I, you know, at the beginning of the night, she was like, I'd rather be with someone for the wrong reasons, but now she's like, I'm going to I, I think this is going to be really good, me being on my own for a little while. And then she takes off the earrings and she gives them to Keith and she's like, uh, I have a good night. <laughs> and So she, you know, there's this great exchange between Watts and Amanda Jones. Uh, Watts says, you know, hey, I'm really sorry if I misjudged you. Um, And then uh, she's upset. So she's like, I'm going to walk home. So she starts walking while they kind of have their thing. So she's like, I don't know, it makes it look like she's like a mile away already.
0: (laughs) I don't really think
1: that that I mean, optical illusions, right? It's a cinematic moment. Because, of course,
0: yeah, all 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 of the houses in the neighborhood disappear, because she's just walking out into the abyss. (laughs) Into the abyss.
1: And, you know, Keith is running after her for like ten seconds, and she doesn't hear him, and she's really upset, and she's got these shimmering tears and this darkness, right? But mm-hmm. then he he you know scoops her up, gives her a big kiss, and of course he's like, "I'm I didn't know. Why didn't you tell me?" And she's like, "Well, you're stupid. I always knew you were stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, you never asked me, and yep. so I never told you." Uh, and-
0: also, also, she did tell him. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> she did she like really kind of
0: did but yeah um, and she and she gets the she gets the earrings um and she, and he's like here you can have these and he's like you probably picked these out for yourself in the first place and she's like well i was hoping so uh yeah. so yeah so uh, all is well that ends well as yeah. as they say as they as they walk off into the misty moonlight of southern california uh, still just leaving the Jaguar there. I should probably go get that um, off the curb, which is where they left it. Um, but yeah, probably. Roll. And then of course
1: Roll. the best version of, I can't help falling in love or fool's Russian. The, the best version of that is like overlaid uh, at the end yeah. with the, you know, the credits. It's this Irish or Scottish. I'm going to get in so much trouble with my husband because they're probably English. I don't know. Some band from another country other than the United States with a cool accent, is singing that song. And it's amazing. Um, yeah. And, you know, so yeah, she puts the earrings in and he says, you look great wearing my future. And it's so sweet. Um, but, you know, the adult in me kind of cringes a little bit because that is his college money. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, roll credits. That is the end of Some Kind of Wonderful and the end of Keith's and Watts's love story. Uh, so yeah, so I guess everyone ended up where they probably needed to be, um, in, in the first place. So that's good. So Michaela, you John Hughes fan, uh, you often have told me in the last three weeks that this is your favorite of the John Hughes films. Uh, and if that is true, then tell everyone about your experience with this movie.
1: Okay. So I probably first saw this in like 1989, 1990. So I was a kid, um, you know. Watts's character is—I I often say it's my—she's my spirit animal. It's amazing. I, she drives a mini. I didn't even realize she drove a mini until after I drove my mini. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But the fact that she—she's a total tomboy. She, you know, uh, in fact, some people call her names because she looks—she's got shorter haircuts, so she kind of looks like a boy. And I, I really liked—I um, always liked that this movie kind of shook up gender norms um, because like the locker scene where they, they make fun of her wearing quote unquote boys underpants. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. that's silly. Like it's underpants, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked that. Um, I love just the angst. It's, it's much to me in comparison to uh, Pretty in Pink, and for any of you that didn't listen to the Pretty in Pink story, you really should because I'm not going to go over why this movie was made, but it was made directly um, after Pretty in Pink because John Hughes wanted to make a better film. Okay, so, and he did. But the character development here is so much better if you compare it to um, the angst. You know, Ducky was amazing in Pretty in Pink, but you never really, there's only a couple times where you really dive deep into that. In this Mm -hmm. one, we kind of soak in (laughs) this, angst for all the characters right you learn much more about amanda jones's character than you ever had really about blaine you you know you learn more about where watts's family dynamics is and why it's so different and their friendship is um much more nurtured around around, you know cinematically than Mm -hmm. just saying we're friends and he you know she worships him you know it's, it's a little bit different um I just love this film. The soundtrack is amazing. It's very late eighties. Um, I think that it it does it does just um, I don't know. The acting is different. The writing is different. They're two different films, but this one I really like. I just love Watts's character. Um, I wanted to be her when I was young, and I don't think I did ever quite achieve her greatness. She's pretty awesome, <laughs> but
0: she and she Elias Cody is, Kodius, is oh my awesome. god
1: he he he, he taught everything he touches every scene he's in he outshines eric stoltz and i love eric stoltz i love him so much but um it's so amazing he's just the best and another piece to this that i think is important is the friendship aspect because we see friendships created that cross um kind of clicks right because this Mm -hmm. guy who looks like you know he shaves his head um he's got a bunch of really scary looking friends and he ends up being really good friends with Keith at the end right so much so Mm -hmm. that he's there to back him up yep but 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 enough about what I thought about this because everyone knows everybody who knows me personally knows that this is one of my favorite movies of all time what did you think about it Brian
0: so so I had never seen this like you had mentioned at the kind of the top this was this was one of the more like overshadowed of the John Hughes movies. Um, and yeah, it is very similar in construct to pretty in pink, which we just talked about last week. Um, I, this movie was not my favorite. I don't. And if you listen to last week, pretty in pink uh, was also not my, my favorite just in uh, kind of terms of the character development. There is a lot more in this film. So that's, that's definitely better. Um, kind of the end is more satisfying in a way. Um, I will say that I one of one of my big complaints with the film is just the character Keith. Um I did not find him likable in any sort of sense at all. So I had trouble kind of connecting with like his growth because I, I don't I don't know that like he really grew. Everyone else kind of grew around him a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I just I just could not like latch on to liking Keith and you know, uh just the way that uh, his relationship dynamics with everyone worked with, with his dad, with Amanda, with um, Watts, uh, you know, kind of kind of that whole thing. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterson is excellent. Elias Codius was probably the highlight of the movie for me. He's exceptional um, in it. Um, but so overall, I think that the acting in Pretty and Pink was a little bit uh, better. Um, you know, character wise, I, I liked them a little bit. Better, Maybe even though the, the story wasn't as fulfilling. So um, I would rate them, you know, kind of kind of comparable, you know, some a little a little ahead here, a little behind there, but uh, pretty similar to me. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is a fun watch. These movies are fun. The dialogue is really great as they are in John Hughes films. Um, you know, Watts' dialogue in particular is really fantastic and her as a character Um, And the way that it looks, it's just a a 1980s high school uh, romance kind of thing, which is always fun to check out. And it's even more fun if you have a Jaguar cocktail while you're doing it. So if you make yourself up a Jaguar cocktail, uh, let us know. We want to see pictures of it and how you liked it. And you can tag us on our Instagram and Twitter. It is at Drink the Movies and on Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. And you can find the recipe for that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And if you have ever seen some kind of wonderful and you think it's the greatest John Hughes film or you think it's uh, not that great or just okay, or if you've never seen it or you've never even heard of it, uh, which is how I was going into this week, uh, let us know that, too, on all of those places. And after you let us know how you liked some kind of wonderful, let us know. How much you like us? Michaela, where should they do that?
1: Yeah, if you want to DM into our narcissism, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where Anchor podcasts are distributed. If you like us so much that you want to hear us every week, even a couple of times a week, you should subscribe because we will be there for it. Um, We're there all day, twice a week. (laughs) Twice a week. And, um, if you want to, we would love it if you'd leave a five star review because it really helps us get drink the movies out there. Um, those kind of ratings are important when we uh, when people go search for us and stuff. So, uh, yeah, please do it. Yeah, we would love do it. it.
0: And Michaela, I would love another one of these jaguar cocktails. and you can keep telling me how much you love some kind of wonderful.
1: Okay, well, I think I, I'm gonna stop telling you how much I love it now that you've seen it. Um, a lot of people haven't seen this film, uh, and so you know, if you've come this far and you've not listened, if you've not watched it, please do yourself a favor and go watch it because it really is great. <laughs> I think it's great. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm way ahead of you. I've got the chartreuse ready. I've got the uh, noni, the amar noni. Yeah. Ready? Let's let's do it. Let's make another round.
0: Let's do another one. So we'll mix one of those up, and we will pick out our. Uh, final John Hughes film for next week, and we will catch everyone next time on
1: Drink, Drink the, the Movies. movies.